0: I invite you as you're able and if you're in the place to do so much you to stand in the hearing of the word this morning. But in those days after that suffering the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the son of man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on watch. Therefore, keep awake. For you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening or at midnight or at cock crow or at dawn or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So a story is told about The Trappist monk, Thomas Merton, who said something in the 50s or 60, I'm not sure when this account happened, but unintentionally perhaps it seemed to be very prophetic, and he recalled it many years later. He said that it was as a drugstore clerk, as he was helping him fill his order, back when grocery pickup was not a new thing at all. The clerk routinely asked Merton, what brand of toothpaste do you want? To which Merton simply replied, I don't care. Well, the clerk stopped full on. He couldn't go forward. He just stopped him in his tracks to hear that. He was baffled. One does not just pick any tube of toothpaste. One must read the labels and see what secret ingredients are available and that are going to be most needed for you. That's how you choose your toothpaste. And Merton wrote that the clerk almost dropped dead. I was supposed to feel strongly about Colgate or Pepsodent or Crest. Now, maybe this was because Merton led a life mostly of prayer, greatly removed from the onslaught of advertising of his own day, being a monk that had given his life to prayer in Gethsemane Abbey, just north of where we are. He had no TV or constant radio blaring convincing them, him that he must choose the correct products or services or brand names. Something even more prevalent in our own day, I suppose. Maybe he just didn't know he needed to care. But the prophetic part of this story, as Merton will reflect upon it later, was that he recognized that we often live in a world that wants us to fret or worry or speculate over things that, well we probably should not speculate or worry with to the degree that we often do. His reflection on that moment that he chose not to care about what kind of toothpaste reminded him that many times we worry of things that distract us from that which does matter, that do and does deserve our attention and our concern. I share that because Advent is about waiting on things that truly matter to be transformed. It's meant to draw our attention to what we ought to be paying attention to within and without ourselves. It's about waiting with great expectation that God is going to enter the human condition and situation and set things right in us and in the world for good. It's about reawakening, drawing to attention our desires for a better world and it reminds us that sometimes we're tempted to fall asleep and tell ourselves, well, this is just the way things are. This is how the world is. Don't expect more. Now, we know that the world is not as God desires. But over, t- over time, we can be less expectant. We can not think to the degree that we should, that God might be actually coming to set things right very soon. Now, I'm talking about weightier matters that we sometimes lack the energy to face. It wears on us to see those in our world who suffer with sickness or addiction or poverty or homelessness or or anything that stands in stark contrast to how we understand God's kingdom to be. We long for a world that's described as our advent words every year remind us a world of peace and joy and hope and love this is what God's kingdom will look like and for such things we find it hard to wait for them I think we can all agree that waiting is a virtue it does teach us something about life that we need to that we need to learn but for us in the church it's much more than a virtue Waiting is a spiritual discipline. It's a spiritual practice. Just like children, as we saw in the video, we can be excited that Christmas is on the way, but it can seem like it's light years away from coming forth and coming to fruition. It feels like it's never going to arrive, and the waiting is difficult, but somehow that waiting adds anticipation and excitement, and we're waiting for that in a lot of ways in our world, aren't we? We have claimed that waiting is actually one way that we experience God's presence in between the struggle's beginning and the struggle's ends. So when John the Baptist comes with the message we heard from Mark's gospel today, what were the people waiting for? Why did they need to hear these words What's the present struggle that brings him to say, But in those days after the suffering, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give light, the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then you will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out angels And gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. What inspired this? Let's be clear. John was not focused on celestial and astronomical events and anomalies. He's quoting from Isaiah. He's quoting from Isaiah who wrote those words some thousand years prior. Isaiah penned these very words in an era of exile for Israel. A time when they had no home, where God seemed inactive and and no longer among them. A time when the people had actually lost interest in God. They were no longer anticipating or waiting for God to do that amazing thing as they had seen in pillars of fire or, or burning bushes They weren't waiting for God to reconcile. They accepted the world for as it is, and and in their waiting, they had lost hope. So John is addressing this very thing when he evokes Isaiah's words. The people have been waiting. But like any of us, after such a long wait, we can lack hope, and our hope can wane that God is actually going to enter in and and bring the change that we so long for. Israel during John's life had endured a harsh world where those like Herod and Pilate and Caesar had made life unbearable for too many. It seemed for many that God was not as strong as these powers were. They were in danger of no longer anticipating that God was going to step in and make things right. Enter John some 30 years later. After Jesus' birth, to say that, no, you're waiting, it is worth it. The weight is worth it. Think about this for a moment that on this first Sunday of Advent, the scripture to which we read this event took place some 30 years after Jesus was born. And in the coming weeks, we will hear stories of shepherds and angels and, and Mary and Joseph and visiting Magi and Jesus in a manger. Those stories are coming, proclaiming the incarnation of God. God has come with us in the flesh. But all of this excitement, all of that excitement of that amazing story and event, it's followed by 30 more years of waiting. And during those 30 more years, we have only one story of Christ as a child in Jerusalem. And I have to wonder today, those shepherds in that field on that night who saw the celestial and heard the songs from above and Had sent them off running to this manger, what were they thinking three decades later? Were they still as excited as they were? Were they still as expectant that that birth really was what they thought it was? Did they have the same joy? Could they run like they did 30 years before? Or had their hopes waned a bit? Had they waned a lot? Well, I guess that's a good question for you and I 2,000 years later. Are we still expecting God to enter our world and to set things right once and for all? Even with and in spite of what we see sometimes. Are you waiting? Are you fully expecting for the signs of the incarnation to be seen in your life? Mary and Joseph and shepherds and prophets, they all waited They waited after the promises of incarnation came true in their own day. And so maybe this is a good year to wait with them. We are all a bit weary because of our waiting, aren't we? And all those times we've had to say no or not yet or or just wait till this is over to stay safe and to keep others safe. Well, it might be making us feel like life is on hold, like things have stopped. But is that true? Has the world stopped? Has the kingdom been put on pause? Could it be more than wasted time? Is it possible that something is growing in you right now? Is it possible that something new might be awaiting us on the other side of what we know today? Are you finding anything in this time that makes you stronger, that makes you more loving, even more patient than you have been before? I don't ask ask that question expecting that we can answer it today. Maybe you can. I don't know that I can yet. But what I do ask is to consider that God, even now, is doing something in you and among us that might make you more loving or patient or more like Christ. What, 30 years from now will we say to others about these days? I want to be able to say that, you know, I could not see it then, but God did something in me that I have never forgotten. The Reverend Canon Whitney Rice writes that the good news is that the slow, necessary, At times, painful work of being changed, of being made ready for incarnation, is not up to us alone. God is the agent of our transformation as we wait. And knowing that reminds us that we don't have to figure all this out on our own or all at once. We can wait for it to be revealed in fullness, but trusting that it's happening. There is peace and comfort in this truth. And she cites the words from Isaiah that we heard in scriptures today, that God is our Father, we are the clay, God is the potter, and we are the works of God's hands. Church, we are the clay. God is the potter. And if we will wait as those who expect, God will shape us and transform us, and even now is doing so. The presence of Christ is being known and will be known in us, in our ways and in the way the world desperately needs it so I must ask does this waiting mean that we should to wait to celebrate should we just put off christmas for a little longer until we get past this hard time so we can do it more fully do we hold off celebrating no not at all christmas is not a culmination Christmas is a beginning. It's the start of something amazing that has for 2,000 years sparked light in the darkness and in the darkest corners of our world to bring about hope and reconciliation and peace and love. And it's why in our waiting that we can call upon God to be strengthened, to run and not be weary, to walk and never faint. Friends, if you are weary, hear John say to you today to be prepared, stay awake, endure all things, because beyond the suffering, God is on the way again and again and again. Someone shared with me, a dear friend shared with me, a story this week that I have just loved to think about. It's a story of an eight year old child who was riding in the car with his mother, and I'm guessing that some good news was being shared. The child says to her, so do you want me to throw the confetti that's in my pocket now? And the mother says, no, do not throw confetti in the car. Please don't do that. And then she waits and she says, why do you have confetti in your pocket? He says, it's my emergency confetti. I carry it everywhere I go just in case there's good news to celebrate. Church, the invitation today is that in our waiting... We have a never-ending source of good news to share to the world. Christ has come. Christ is coming. Christ will come again. And may we, not see, may we not see the fullness of kingdom all at once. May we never grow tired and weary in our waiting, but we can rest assured that peace will ring out. Justice will prevail. Love will overcome all things. Therefore, live as those who are ready, who at any moment are ready to celebrate God's arrival when we see such things unfold. Keep awake. Be ready to celebrate. God is on the way. Thanks be to God. Amen.